Nighttime over Ocean Grove was the best time to go flying with only your thoughts to contend with. In fact, it was a guilty pleasure of mine to soar silently over the city on occasion, catching glimpses of people's lives going on below me, like changing channels rapidly to all flavor of sitcom. Tonight, however, I was not alone at all. In fact, I was acutely aware that off the trailing edge of my left wing was another owl flying with me. The owl mind continually pushed at my own, trying to warn me that there was another bird there. It could mean danger. I knew that it was only Cameron, so I fought it down. He was even invited along on this escapade. Actually, that wasn't quite right. This really was planned around him. I don't want to say that this was for him, because that isn't right either. It was so we would all have an orcomorph, and we all could use the incredible capabilities of what was, in my opinion, one of the greatest animals on the planet. I wish Cameron had been with us that night when we first saw the orcas. It was breathtaking. Doing it a second time logically massively increased our chances of being caught, but I wanted to go back so badly, and getting Cameron this morph was a great excuse to do it. Also, there was very much a part of me that both wanted Cameron to have this incredible experience and wanted to share it with him. It was times like these under the cover of darkness and the moon mostly obscured, the wind rushing through my feathers and the gentle pressure pushing my body into the evening sky. The isolation felt so intense. We started to see what we were looking for the half-built depressions in the ground with the mounds of dirt next to them, carving the earth into a pale approximation of the ocean, an area so vast that only a small percent of it was even known to us. I had already been a bottlenose dolphin in the ocean. I already knew more of the sea than most sailors. I leveled out and dropped a few feet, the owl brain panicking at Cameron following, that drew me back from my thoughts. I was glad that ThoughtSpeak had somehow evolved to form of privacy, Imagine if the Andalites had developed some neural network instead, and I was constantly shooting my thoughts and nerves and feelings out to the whole team. That would be a mess. Circling to confirm the cameras were still down and finding the same adequately obscured alcove where we demorphed before, I banked and aimed to land, tilting my head slightly to catch any stray sounds before trusting I could demorph. Cameron right behind me. We softly sat down on the man-made outcropping, the tips of my wing feathers brushing the top of the slick rock. I stretched up to my full owl height and then continued my upwards trajectory as I grew from less than two feet tall to... taller. I looked back at Cameron and through some trick of morphing technology, I was briefly at eye level with him as he turned back into himself. He had quite the mohawk going on as his own hair grew out of the owl feathers. Then he grew taller than me again. Annoying. You morph so quick because you have less to get back to. He whispered with a sly smile. With a huff, I refocused on the task at hand. My annoyance was replaced with a lightning bolt of excitement shooting across my stomach. I padded over to the edge of the decorative rock face and peeked around looking for the telltale flashlight, a sign that would mean security. Cameron leaned out behind me and also looked around, and after a minute, I turned back to him and whispered, I'm going to check the building to see if I see the guard. I'll be right back. I pressed against the wall until I got to the door and peeked inside. There were ladders and paint buckets littering the floor. I grabbed the handle unlocked, which was convenient for now, but it might not be the safest practice for protecting these animals from people. I took one look back at Cameron, and he nodded. I opened the door and walked in. Savannah walked into the building, and it seemed like things got quieter. Maybe it was just the feeling of being out here all alone. I could hear the waves gently lapping at the bank of the pool, or tank, or whatever you call it. I looked out into the water to see if I could see the orca. 
I didn't have the big golden allies anymore that illuminated everything, so the water just looked dark. Something did catch my eye, briefly. I squinted and leaned forward from my hiding place. Then I heard a noise come from behind me and on the other side of the building. I looked over my shoulder and tried to shuffle around the wall, but, but I felt the icy water around my foot as I hit a slick patch, and for a second, no part of my body was touching the ground. I slipped. My arms tried to reach out to break my fall, but because of the angle, I couldn't get them under me in time, and my head smacked the ground. My body rolled right. My vision was dimming and blurry, but I felt the coldness engulf my body. I felt my hair gently pull upward, my arms slowly trying to join them. I felt my body falling. No, not falling. Sinking. I must be in the tank. Everything was getting darker. I was starting to comprehend what was happening, but the pain in my head was overbearing and I couldn't make my body move. Bubbles were floating past my eyes and I realized they were coming from my nose and mouth. I focused on them, trying to follow them with my eyes. I saw the bubbles break the surface. They were forever away. I could see a light. It seemed like a star from here, surrounded by darkness. My body convulsed as what little air I had left exploded into a cloud of bubbles. My mother used to point out the stars to me. I don't remember the constellations or anything, but I remember looking into the sky and smiling with her. She would say, That star is brighter than the whole planet, Cameron. There's a planet, Cameron, I said back to her, and she laughed at me. <laughs> well, probably. There's a whole universe out there that we can't see. Who knows what they call their planets? But I do know is that if you look into the night sky, it's not usually hard to find a star. And if you find a star, then you found light in the darkness. She explained. She had this look in her eyes that almost seemed sad, but she had a sly smile on her face. Cameron... You do such a good job finding the fun in life. Don't ever stop doing that. If you find yourself in darkness, don't ever stop looking for the light. It was dark. I felt like it was getting darker. My vision was going out again. I lowered my head and tried to look forward, but it was hard to look. My lungs were burning. I felt my fingers start to move, and I tried to push off the wall to get some momentum to swim up, but it was already too late. I was fading. Murky darkness in front of me. My mind making shapes out of nothing. I closed my eyes and I saw my mom. Her dark hair. Her hazel eyes. I have her eyes. I remember to look for the light. I opened my eyes. In front of me was a patch of white on a field of black, an eye outside the front edge of the patch. It looked at me. Like it really looked at me. He saw me. He moved quickly through the water, circled once and spun. I saw the black skin turn to a white underbelly. As he completed the 360, I saw his top fin. 
What Savannah said that was called? Dorkle fin? I don't know. It was curved to the side instead of straight up. Weird. The massive body moved closer to me and I felt his nose on my back as he lifted my body towards the surface. I tried to roll my body over so I could pull myself out, but my brain still wasn't connecting to my muscles. A noise came from my rescuer. I'd heard this sound in movies. They said it was the whales singing. It echoed underneath the waves. I swear it sounded like Cam. Thank you, big guy. I thought as my vision once again began to fade. I let my hand fall to his rubbery skin and I felt a slight tingle as his DNA joined all the others floating around in my blood somewhere. I let my head look towards the surface again. I was almost there, but I hadn't had air in a while. My consciousness was all but gone. And then something broke the surface. Two small hands wrapped under my arms and pulled me up the bank. I met Savannah's eyes. I could see the night sky behind her. She was saying something. But I couldn't really hear what. Water was still in my ears. I couldn't help but let my mom's smile creep across my face. I don't even know if she could understand me because I was spitting water with my words. Are you the light? I asked. I frowned a bit at Cameron's question, letting my eyes roam over the back of his head where I was pretty sure I could now see a little bit of blood oozing up. Though I wasn't sure because he was soaked. It's just me, Cam. Rid. I distractedly answered him as I continued to attempt to drag him away from the water's edge. It was much more difficult without the orca pushing him towards me, and I was thankful for the salt water giving a bit of buoyancy, as otherwise I was not sure I would be able to move him. When we were a few feet away from the lip of the tank, I knelt down and investigated more closely. Yep, that was blood. As I was trying to hold him sitting up so he could cough out the water, the orca spy hopped in front of us, trying to get a view of what was going on. I am sure he was just curious about this stranger who found themselves in his tank, but it was hard not to feel like we had had this massive, intelligent, amazing creature checking up on us. Without thinking, I looked into the whale's eyes, and as he held himself vertically out of the water, I said, He's okay. It looks like he took a pretty hard knock to the head, but he'll be okay. Animals always have the best timing. He slipped back into the water like this was the news he was waiting for. When I finally met Cameron's gaze, I asked, What happened? I slipped. Hit my head, I think. I think you're right, I say as I gently moved a strand of hair out of the way, trying not to touch his skin, especially around where the rapidly forming area of swelling was. Knowing that morphing would be the quickest way to solve this issue, I skipped the normal questions about the date, what's your name, who's the president, and instead I ask, do you think you can walk? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, help me up. I gingerly wrapped my forearms under Cameron's arms and tried to help him up. Not sure how much help I was really being, but he wasn't totally dead weight, so that was good. We got him up and leaning against me, taking a few tentative and painfully heavy steps. As we turned to make the slow journey back towards the obscured alcove, something caught the corner of my eye. A yellow-white blur across the glass. Security. My heart dropped as I felt the stab of panic. I was not sure I could get Cameron obscured enough to morph before the security guard got here. I pushed a little harder and felt him lean into me more. 
I tried to get under him a bit and heft him up, but that ended up tripping him. The steps were getting slower instead of faster. There was a decorative rock on the side of the pool, maybe just enough to break up the line of sight. So I pulled his arm up off my shoulder and guided him into a sitting position. This had already taken a lot out of him and I could see his eyes unfocusing. Cameron, morph to owl, now. I whispered as forcefully as I could muster. I hesitated only long enough to watch the first changes begin and then I was up and running. Slipping and skidding out, I saw the security guard just about to the door that I had gone through earlier, and I did not fully have a plan yet, but my mind was reeling. I took one look back to check that Cameron was still morphing, now across the staging area from me, and then I leaned down and slapped the top of the water. Had I abused my garden's privileges to watch the trainers working with the whales one afternoon? Yes. Yes, I had. I saw the rapidly becoming familiar face pop up in front of me, and then something new. The second whale that was not as interested. She was a little smaller than Jessie, but she still held that feeling of vast intelligence, and she had such a presence. I pulled it together as behind me the door creaked open. I tried to replicate the hand signal I had seen, in full view of the security guard if they swept the flashlight my way. The only thing protecting me right now was their eyes adjusting from the indoor lighting to the dark outdoor of the tank. As I swept my arm out to the right, I saw them both sink below the water, and I stood there with my heart hammering in my chest pinpricks across my skin and my hands. There was nowhere to hide. So, I slipped into the tank. The vast churning covering the noise as the whales took over. I could hardly see them from my new eye-level perspective, but I saw these giant waves as their flukes pushed the water over the side of the tank. I saw the flashlight sweeping over the pool and bouncing between the whales and the waves. One of them passed by Cameron, and I watched the icy water flood over him. He had stalled out on morphing and this seemed to snap him back. Feathers burst forth and then he mercifully began to shrink. The guard's flashlight was now tracking one of the whales and approaching me. I am sure to see why they were turning up their pool, but I sunk lower in the water and worked on just staying quiet while the whales did their work. As one of them, Jesse I could see now, approached me, I drew a huge breath and propelled myself down, getting an incredible perspective. I felt the force of the displaced water from their flukes as it pushed me up against the wall of the tank, the concussive force pressing on my chest. I tried to keep myself calm, thinking about how this was an amazing perspective on how the rays they hunted in New Zealand felt just before being stunned. I knew that panicking would eat up my oxygen supply faster. Knowing this surprisingly didn't help. Instead, I found myself wondering if Cameron was morphed yet. I closed my eyes tight, hoping it would help me. The icy water hit me, and I remembered what I was doing. The owl. As I felt the feathers all pop out at once, I ducked down as the flashlight beam scanned the water and shone just above my head. My eyes grew, and suddenly the world around me was illuminated. As I was shrinking, I quickly tried to peek my head out to see if I could see Savannah. I didn't. I shrunk below the decorative rocks, and the owl brain kicked in. It did not like that we were wing-deep in frigid water. I lifted my talon and began to waddle forward. Another wave broke and sent a splash of water into my little alcove, soaking me. I shook my wings. A few drops came off, but I was still soaked. I could feel that the owl knew how to dry itself off, so I let it take over. My feathers all roosted up. I was all puffy like a cotton ball. My two little feather horns, that's what I call them, popping out of the top of the ball. My whole body shook and water flung off of me. I used my beak to straighten my feathers and then 
without a sound, took to the air. I immediately started scanning the grassy patches surrounding the dirt mounds and concrete. A light caught my eye, next to a body of water. A creature had a beam of light shooting out from it into the water. Beneath the water, there were more creatures, bigger, moving towards the bank. Another creature, underwater as well, pressed to the side. No, not a creature. A savannah. The orcas were swimming right towards her. One of them began to open its mouth. My mind took control back from the owl. I was just about to call out and thought speak when the orca began moving up. Savannah's head lifted as the orca swam up and passed her. It exploded above the surface, breaking the calm waters. The security guard, who had been the creature with the light coming from it, stepped back, startled. Then, he reeled back again as an, as an unexpected, thick, salty mist covered him as the orca spit the water it had collected. The guard yelled as he raised his hands ah! to shield himself, far too late. As he stood there, dripping, watching the orca swim back down, he didn't even see the second, smaller orca break the surface and copy its big brother. Another mist covers the security guard. With a few squeaks of what I assumed was orca laughter, the smaller one also sinks back into the depths of the tank pool. The soaked, defeated guard sighed and threw up his hands. He turned back and went out the way he came. I scanned the area quickly. I needed to make sure Savannah was clear. Not seeing any other guards, I reached out and thought speak. You're all clear. Swim up. The second I hear Cameron's voice in my head, I shot up and scrabbled at the side of the tank. I was gasping for air. It felt like I had been underwater for minutes. I'm sure it was much less. I took a while just hanging onto the side of the tank and gasping for air before pulling myself out of the water. The cold had taken its toll and my arms and legs were stiff. I stood up and started hurrying as best I could back to that alcove to cover so I could morph, keeping on high alert for anyone else coming our way. Ducking in there, I was watching and listening as the orcas were vocalizing and active now that Cameron and I had gotten them stirred up. I started to focus on the owl and I felt my body shrinking and bubbling, my human bones developing holes in the weird shucking, grating sound of that internal structure reforming into a flight-capable being. As I felt the beak grow into place, I knew my thought speak must be coming online, and so I did another foolish human thing. I spoke to both of the whales. I thanked them for their help. I tried to put the emotion into my thought speak like Elfangor did. Talking to animals came much more naturally to me. Once I was fully morphed, I hopped up to the top of the rocks and then flapped up into the cool evening air, joining Cameron. How are you feeling? Fine now. You? Fine. I didn't get a concussion, though. I'm good now. I have the best insurance you can get. Blue box, blue shield. Cameron, did you know an owl's eyes are fixed in the sockets? I'm telling you this so you know that I cannot currently roll my eyes at you. Uh, you know what you can roll, though. Through the air. Cameron's owl head stays perfectly straight for a moment while his right shoulder rotates down. He drops his wings and then rolls over his shoulder in what looks like a falcon diving for prey for just a moment. But then he snaps both wings open and catches himself, only falling a few feet and then flapping off. <laughs> I think the orca did that in front of me while I was down there. They can do that, and I can do that. Anything is possible. You seem to be quite upbeat. Well, the flying helps for sure, but there was something about looking in that thing's eye. He could see me, and I swear he knew I needed help. And he helped. And it made me think. 
We flew in silence for a little bit. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. They don't just look at you and see your body, it's like they see all of you. It feels like they know a lot more about you than just what you look like. I could have sworn that the big male, they call him Jesse, recognized me. And he may have, physically, but you know what, it, it feels like more than that. I guess that's what having whales glorified in the media does to you, it gives you weird preconceived notions. Maybe, but it felt real to me. It gave me more reasons to keep doing what we're doing, and we're, we're not just fighting for humans. We're fighting for Earth. If there are as many Yerks as we think there are, why would they stop at humans? What's to stop them from infesting animals and then using them? Us. That's it for now. They let us use their bodies to fight, and without that, we never stood a chance, Savannah. We owe them. I could have smiled, I would have, but having a beak, you can't really do that. Cameron was echoing how I had felt from the beginning, the real reason I wanted to fight. As the saying goes, nature is red in tooth and claw. Borrowing that power and bringing it to bear on the Yerks was the only hope we had. I think in another setting, and if I were someone else, I would have shared with Cameron how I felt and let him in on these thoughts. I could have spoken at length about all of the amazing creatures of Earth, and I felt impassioned to protect it. But it didn't feel right, so instead I just said, Yeah, I think you're right, Cameron. We flew in the darkness, just two little specks among the stars. <laughs>